0: Welcome to the CBIA BizCast. I'm your host, Allie Warshawski. And today on our podcast, we are speaking with Mike Labella, Market President of TD Bank Group. Mike will be kicking off our 2021 Manufacturing Summit on October 29th at the Marriott in Trumbull. And you joined us virtually last year, Mike, but we're happy to have you in person this year.
1: Oh, thanks, Allie. We're delighted to be be a presenting sponsor once again of the Manufacturing Summit. And I'm so looking forward to being with everyone in person this year. It's been way too long.
0: It has been, and over the past year and a half of this pandemic, you've been working with a lot of Connecticut manufacturers, specifically in securing PPP loans. What has that been like?
1: Oh, I tell you, it, it's. I have to say, though, you know, it's been, it's both frantic and extremely fulfilling. You know, thinking back when COVID started, you know, during the peak. You know, none of us really knew the extent, the duration, the impact on our businesses you know or if the PPP money would run out, how the process would work, the constant changing of the rules. but in the end it was so gratifying to hear the relief expressed by business owners owners and cFOs that they were able to continue operations and keep their employees on the payroll. you know I can also you know say how proud I am of our team. And, you know these folks literally work 24/ 7 through the holidays. And getting loans processed and funded.
0: Do You know how many TD Bank processed?
1: Um, yeah, we actually in our footprint, in our in our main to Florida footprint, we processed uh, 133,000 loans uh, for 12.5 billion dollars. You know, in Connecticut, uh, it was well over 6,000 loans for almost 540 million dollars.
0: Wow, so a lot of work being done over the past year and a half. What were some of the challenges you encountered processing PPP loans and did you have initial consultations with companies and see some missing components or some common errors throughout the process?
1: Yeah, you know the, the first challenge was really how we were going to process you know the number of loans we expected. You know we decided right away that a paper process just wasn't going to work. So we made the decision uh to take take applications um We actually waited a day, um, and over the weekend we built a platform to take applications online and fund directly into companies' checking accounts. Now that proved to be an incredible, incredible time saver and allowed us to process the numbers we did. And yeah, you know, all along the way we stayed in touch with companies because um, you know they were confused at times uh, and quite frankly uh, we had to check the rules that were constantly changing so it was a constant uh, and continual communication which was the key to to getting people comfortable and getting them through the process
0: yeah it's something that they've never really had to do before in this type of way right with a pandemic looming Um, what kind of projects did you see manufacturers using the ppp loans for were they using it mostly for capital or mostly to keep uh, people employed. I know there is some type of rule there where a a portion of it does have to go to um, keeping people employed, correct?
1: Yes, exactly. There was a percentage early on, again, the rules changed. Most of it was supposed to be for uh, directly for payroll, uh, but then uh, it was changed to allow for operating expenses, uh, rent, lease payments, but um, Yeah, but companies did the right thing. You know, as I said earlier, no one knew the severity or how long this would go on. Uh, So companies did the right thing in in accessing the capital to keep their plants running uh, and people employed. Uh, And you know what, many of the manufacturers held up well during that time. Um, You know, we know the more difficult industries were hospitality and entertainment, and you know we helped there also with not only PPP loans but with payment deferrals. So it was a very difficult time.
0: for these manufacturers, a lot of them still had to go in though. They couldn't, um, they weren't put on pause. Some of the things they were making were so essential to daily life. They were in there throughout the worst of it. Um, Have you seen applications for loans for clean and green technology updates and upgrades? Has that been a priority?
1: You know, we have, you know, um, you'll see, we see many companies uh, using us or the Connecticut Green Bank uh, to utilize solar, solar panels upgrading their fixtures on their factories to reduce energy costs. Uh, we also continue to see companies increasing their IT spending and upgrading their financial systems. You know, this is providing cost savings as well as uh, reducing fraud and, and cyber attacks.
0: Which is something that they have to deal with nowadays, especially that I feel like the pandemic pushed even more online. Fraud and um, those cyber attacks. What are you seeing with manufacturers and what they're dealing with now?
1: You know, it, it's it's interesting. We we, we thought uh, we were coming out of the woods on, on COVID, but, uh, you know, manufacturers really, uh, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. You know, we face an expanding um, number of issues uh, that the pandemic has caused, and that's really the effect on their supply chain. Um, the increasing cyber fraud, you know, we have trade conflicts with China, changing oil and commodity prices, interest rate risks. Uh, and political conflicts, you know, So we're really dealing with the manufacturers to alleviate the risks we can. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, no one can control political risk or things like that. Um, but uh, we're really uh, hearing from um, our international trade experts, some of which uh, will be at the conference and have some uh, some videos that we'll share, and our treasury management specialists uh, for ways to reduce some of these risks. Um, you know, and manufacturers, we, we believe, um, and they have in, in, in the past, uh, increased uh, increasing their collaboration with other manufacturers uh, to really try and, uh, and uh, ease the, the uh, supply chain issues. You know, we're seeing some of the major companies, there was an article in the journal not too long ago about some of the major big box uh, companies that are actually uh, chartering ships together uh, to bypass some of the ocean shipping bottlenecks so you know there's some things you know we don't think uh, many of our. You know level of manufacturers have that capacity, but maybe there's other ways to really look at uh, uh, issues and and, uh, collaborate to uh, to ease some of those uh, some of those issues.
0: We talked a lot about larger manufacturers being able to rely on each other, partner with each other to get their own supplies, but smaller manufacturers are still facing those supply chain issues. And of course, the threat of cyber attacks, like you mentioned. So where do manufacturers go from here in this post pandemic or recovering from the pandemic world and going into 2022?
1: Great question, Ali. I think it's it's really um, important that some of the lessons we learned from COVID, especially on the technology side, um, that companies continue to to use uh, to utilize the technology that's there. You know, a lot of the um, a lot of what we did during COVID, especially with um, the staff, was working from home. You know that caused a lot of issues with uh, both security and uh, and how do you know how do you really manage your payables your receivables you know do wires you know that's um, you know it, it's a it's a high security function and those are type of the thing so the the type of products that we really looked at um, and asked companies to to utilize more for for their protection for our protection um, so that was I think the technology piece is going to be very important. Uh, to continue with for companies especially in this in this area of uh, of cybersecurity, and uh, on the direct shipment side where companies are really struggling to uh to get product in you know as as you mentioned you know a lot of the bigger companies are using uh, very collaborative processes that will will help them uh to share uh shipments and and you know literally you know take a cargo ship for themselves or whether they use uh, cargo planes air freight you know small companies don't have that ability just because it's it's pro- cost prohibitive so really it's it's really using that collaborative uh, way of you you know working with other manufacturers to try and come up with ways uh to share share shipping share shipping costs try and uh, you know have full containers uh, if they can, because that's going to lower their costs and also uh, put them on a on a higher level, if you will, uh, with a lot of the shipping companies. Because uh, you know they're always going to cater to the to the big uh, full containers. Uh, but if if smaller companies can collaborate and find ways to to share shipping, uh, that may help them in getting their uh, their product in quick and quicker.
0: Well, Mike, thank you so much for that insight into what manufacturers have been facing and what's ahead of them. We look forward to seeing you at our Manufacturing Summit on October 29th at the Trumbull Marriott. And if you want to register, you can do so still on our website, cbia.com. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the BizCast. Well,
1: my pleasure. Look forward to the 29th.